You're listening to the Mom Inspired Show, episode 131 with Sarah Ricky. Welcome to the Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys. So today's show is going to be a little bit different than my norm. Um, it's going to be a little bit more sensitive. You will find that I get teary-eyed a couple times in the show, which has never happened. And this is 131 episodes in. And it just, the reason why I wanted to have Sarah come on is because she has experienced infant loss. And as even though we may not always just be talking about infant loss, I wanted to have her on just to talk about grief and loss in general. And it just happens to be that she has experienced infant loss because I think there's so many times that we just don't know what to say to people. We don't know how to come alongside them and help them in a time of need. And I wanted her to go through her journey with us to explain what it felt like and and what felt good to her that people did. And maybe some things that we shouldn't say to people who are grieving or have lost someone. So this show is really to kind of help you come alongside someone who might be in pain, or maybe it's even yourself that's going through this. And I want you to know that you're not alone. So before we jump into the show, I wanted to share something with you guys. As you know, this show is all about inspiring one another. And most of the time I have other moms coming on to do just that. But I wanted to take a minute to share with you guys what I've been up to, and I hope it inspires you to live your best life. So I know many of you want to be healthy moms, and that can look different for everyone. But if you've been struggling with getting that extra weight off, if it be 50 pounds or the last stubborn 10 pounds, I wanted to share with you the program I have incorporated into my life personally and am so thankful for. So it's a seven-week online weight loss program called Lean. If you missed the series I did with Amanda, you can check it out at episode 112 to hear more details. But this program has brought so much joy to me in many ways, but one of them is that I have fallen in love with working out again. And with that, I have gained so much more confidence. You guys, confidence that I didn't even realize I had lost. So just to feel strong again, it makes me feel so good. And don't get me wrong, I still have a way to go. This for sure is a process and not a quick fix. But if you're sitting there thinking, this is what I'm missing in my life, then I want you to feel the same way. So I couldn't just keep it to myself. And even better, Amanda has given Mom Inspired Show listeners $20 off. And you cannot get this anywhere else. So all you have to do is go to mominspiredshow.com forward slash lean 20 to find the next rounds. A lot of times she has one to three rounds that are coming up that you can jump on and grab a spot. And also, if you have any questions, feel free to message me on Facebook or on Instagram, or you can email me at any time. Let's go to the show. Hey, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker on travel. Um, I am a travel agent. So I just love asking my guests what their favorite vacation spot is and why. And this can be with or without kids. Okay. So I think when I think about my favorite vacation that we ever took, it was before kids. It was a year before um, our oldest came. And my husband and I took a 10-day cruise to um, like the Bahamas and Caribbean area. Mm, Yeah. And it was just like the most relaxing. It was, it's like some of my best memories of, yeah. you know, like our days before kids. It was sure. so fun. Yeah. And just have everything included and you don't have to worry about it. It was amazing. Oh my gosh. No, it was, oh, it was definitely so amazing. What so cruise that was did my you favorite. want? Was it Royal Caribbean? We, 
It was actually. And at yeah. the time it left out of, we're in um, Southeastern Virginia. So it left out of Norfolk. Nice. And so we just had to like drive to a parking yeah. lot and we didn't even have to take a plane or drive hours. That's amazing. So it was, it was just delightful. <laughs> yeah. I love, we love cruises. We went on a Disney cruise in 2017 with the girls. Um, that was our first cruise and we had been on several before we had kids and it is, it's just a, it's a, it's an easy way. And I also feel like this too, um, when I help clients, um, if you're trying to see like multiple places and your budget's a little bit tighter, mm-hmm. I, if you can get over the fact that you're on a ship, cause some people kind of, they really, they get really like, Oh, I don't know. You so if whatever. You, yeah. Yeah. If you can get past that part, um, I, I feel like it really like allows you to see places. And even I highly encourage this with people too, is Europe. And so I have a lot of itineraries that I work with for cruises and that are perfect for Europe. Cause I mean, you know, when you go to Europe, it's, it's like, you're, there's so many things that you want to see and you're like, I don't know what right. I'm going to come back. And so, um, I just love cruises. I feel like it just gives you a good, um, idea on like some places that maybe you'd want to go back later, um, and stay longer, you know? So it gives you a little bit of a taste of all the different places. Yeah. It was so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So let's get started. Um, how about you share with us what your name is and where you're from how many kids you have, and then um, we'll jump into where you got, um, how you got to where you are today. Sure. Um, so my name is Sarah Ricky, and uh, my husband and I have been married for uh, twelve over a little over twelve years, and we have three living children, and we have two in heaven. Um, our kids are eight, four, and two, and we live in southeastern Virginia, like I said, um, the Hampton Roads area. We're specifically in Chesapeake, but most people know like Norfolk and Virginia Beach a little bit better. Yeah. Um, and I have a podcast also. Um, it's called the Heart Lessons Podcast, and it actually turned three today. Like today is the birthday. Oh, it's your third so, year. Yes, that's awesome. Yes. So you've been doing this for a while. Yeah. yeah, it's it's been a ride. It's been amazing. I mean, I, I hardly have words to like describe what it's been, but it's been only good things. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and then this spring, I will release my first book, and it is a self published endeavor. I cannot be more happy to have it in the world. I just can't wait to share it. And it's just been, again, really positive, wonderful experience. And I'm so thankful to have that opportunity as well. Yeah. What is your book about? It is the story of uh, my husband and I lost two full-term infants, our daughter Evie in 2012 and our son Charlie in 2015. And it's kind of the story of how God was preparing my heart beforehand, um, how he sustained me throughout it, and then kind of what it looks like on the other side, how he's been using it in my life. Mm. So I would say it's, you know, memoir-ish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's that's the heartbeat of that book. And the title is Even Broken Can Be Beautiful. And mm. just knowing that um, what the Lord did for us, what Jesus accomplished on the cross can bring beauty out of some really broken, painful places in our lives. And uh, just that very thankful for that work and that redemption that he has accomplished for us. Yeah. And you know, when you, when I asked you how many kids you had and you said you have three living children, what did you say after that? Did you say something? Two in heaven. I think two in heaven. heaven. Yeah. Yeah. So is that how you always respond when people ask how, how many kids you have? I'm curious. Mm -hmm. No, that's a great question. It, it honestly depends. Okay. It really depends. If it's someone in the grocery store or something, you know, if it's really casual. Yeah. You'll keep it to three kids. (laughs) I really do. If it's someone... You know, honestly, even if it's somebody that I'm just starting to get to know, like a mom friend, you know, new mom mm. friend, um, I don't even yeah. because it's like, it's like dropping a bomb. Yeah. 
and you yeah. have to decide when and how and where to drop it. Um, yeah. And so it is something that, you know, it used to, it used to give me a lot of guilt. I used to just sure. tell like the lady, you know, ringing me up at the grocery store. And after a couple of just, it's like, okay, that was too much emotions for like checking out at Kroger, <laughs> you know, like yeah. we, we don't need to do that every time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, after that, I realized I needed to have a little bit more discretion. And mm. so I used to feel a lot more guilt. And now I'm just like, you know what? Just like so many things in life, it's just, it's kind of about the context and about yeah. that person and the situation. Yeah. So um, I guess the short answer is no, I don't always answer that way. I usually probably don't, I would say, yeah. but um, yeah, that as, is interesting. Yeah. As the relationship usually grows, then sure. I, then of course I'll share, but yeah. yeah. And you know, mm-hmm. I never thought about it. Like you were saying you felt guilty. I, you know, I didn't yeah, think about it yeah. in that perspective that you're like, well, am I leaving them out? And so right. that is like something to think about. And this is exactly why I wanted you to come on the show because, you know, I want you to share your personal experience with both of your losses and, um, and because I think it is hard to navigate this, even if it be a friend of yours, right. Or a family member of yours and trying to figure out like what feels good to you and trying to understand someone's perspective. And, um, I feel like you, it's very hard to just kind of straight up ask somebody, obviously you're on the show, yeah. so I'm here to ask you questions, <laughs> Straight up, um, ask me, but please. sometimes <laughs> like, you know, when you're, when you, it's like, um, so I had a miscarriage, you know, and sometimes people, um, you know, some people don't want to talk about it. Right. So then yeah. you don't know, like how much is asking that this is going to be annoying to that person or frustrating, or does it show that you care or like, there's just so many things. I mean, so many people handle things so differently that it can also paralyze people to not right. know what to say. So this is why I thought it'd be great for you to come on um, and just kind of share your story. So I, I, let's let's just jump from the beginning of this and just kind of walk us through. So um, how about you start um, with your first child who, who you said it was a daughter, right? Your daughter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and just maybe just share with us what that was like and... Um, we obviously know that you lost another one and I'm, I'm just curious too, like, did they have the same, um, issue of what made them pass away? And, you know, at what point did you find out this diagnosis and stuff like that? So let's just start from the beginning and you can kind of walk us through and then I'll follow up with some questions. Sure. So we went in at 20 weeks. Um, so this was July. I'll never forget the date, July 16th, 2012, um, and it was our second child. We already had um, our son, Micah, was about 18 months old at the time. So this is our second baby. And we went in for just the standard routine ultrasound to find out the gender. And um, the ultrasound technician just like, I don't know how else to describe it, but she she just got really like grave, like her tone, you know. Mm. And she said, um, did you do the 13 week anatomy scan? And we said, no, you know, that's when that screens for like, I think down syndrome oh, and some other abnormalities. I is think that the blood so. Test? I think they also do a, a blood test. I think it's also an ultrasound. So oh. they just look for some specific okay. mm-hmm. um, physical abnormalities. And, you know, we said no. And then she kept scanning and she didn't tell us right away if it was a boy or girl like she had with our son, you know, not too many years before. And I thought, this is like so annoying. Like I just want to yeah. find out what this baby is. Right. And then she said, it's a girl mm. like that. And 
part of me was so happy and the other part oh. was like, oh, there's something else. Wrong. You know? Yeah. Yes. And she said, I'm not seeing a lot of amniotic fluid. And, you know, that was kind of the initial news of the day. And, and we had to be referred to a specialist. And uh, the by the end of the day, we knew that our baby girl, she did not have um, a bladder and her kidneys didn't work. And so her whole urinary system was just atrophied and not oh. functioning as it should. And the main concern with that is that they can't produce amniotic fluid for the lungs to grow. So her growing environment would stay cramped and her lungs would not be able to grow to support her outside of the womb. And of course, we were, I mean, absolutely devastated. Um, I mean, we didn't know anybody who something like this happened to. And I mean, it wasn't on our radar. You know, everyone else we knew, our whole family was healthy and fine. So it was just such a shock. Um, And so that was at 20 weeks. And, you know, the doctor said there was no danger in carrying her to term. They didn't expect that she would pass away in utero. So we carried her to, she was born naturally at 37 weeks. She came a few weeks early, but Mm. that was, you know, totally on her own. Um, And she was with us for four hours before she passed away. Um, And, you know, it was just, I know Angie Smith, um, she's an author who experienced uh, basically the same loss. And she describes it like the sacred dance of grief and joy. And that's exactly what it felt like. You know, it wasn't all tears and it wasn't all happy like a lot of births are. It was somehow this mix of both. Um, But she is my first daughter and so precious to me still. Um, And the doctors told us, you know, there was no genetic cause that her condition pointed to, like nothing they could put their finger on essentially. And so they told my husband and I, you know, we think this was an isolated occurrence and we don't believe that it will happen again. Mm, Yeah. And so we, um, you know, of course we wanted more children. So we got pregnant, I think right before she would have turned one and right before Evie would have turned one. And, and that's our little girl, Jocelyn. So we got a rainbow baby girl, which she's so precious to me. Um, and then, you know, we thought, okay, well, this is great. Let's just, you know, we had such a heartbreak. Let's just keep going with building our family. And and it doesn't matter how close the kids are. We're just going to keep, you know, yeah. keep adding to our family. And so when Jocelyn was about seven months, we got pregnant again mm. and went in for that 20-week ultrasound. And I think, uh, man, I'll also never forget that it was May 21st, 2015. Mm. And uh, the it was a different ultrasound technician. And so she didn't know what we had previously oh, yeah. experienced. Mm-hmm. And so she put the ultrasound wand, you know, on and then the baby popped on the screen. And even just seeing that image, you know, it looks different than a healthy baby. And I thought, mm. you know, I just had like a little, like yeah. a little feeling in my gut. Yeah. And she said, how much water are you drinking? And then mm. I knew, you know, oh. I just knew, I yeah. just knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my husband was right there and he started just crying and holding oh. me and saying he's so sorry. And um, so this was our son, which we, we actually didn't know he was a boy until until he was born. It was a surprise mm. um, because amniotic fluid or the ultrasound images are transmitted through fluid. And so with the oh, lack of fluid, yeah. it's kind of really hard grainy and hard to yeah. see. Mm-hmm. So he was our surprise little, little boy. Um, but he was 
a little bit more fragile. He was in the breech position and um, he also came at 37 weeks naturally. And his, um, I just think because of his breech position and it was a natural delivery, not a C-section, um, he only lived for 30 minutes. And oh. that's hard for me to think about because sometimes yeah. I wonder like, oh, should I have gone with the C-section and maybe he could oh, have lived a for, little longer. Yeah. But, you know, this, you know, I mean, there's no going back at it. You know, that's his story and part of my story. And um, so we had him for 30 minutes and just a sweet little soul. And it happened so fast. You know, his birth wow. happened fast and his life was really fast. But yeah. just what grateful a- that. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. It, did he not have a bladder too? Or was yeah, there same, a same thing? Same so thing. So what, what was your daughter missing again too? A bladder and a what? Yeah. So her bladder else? was missing. Yeah. And because the bladder is missing, like the urinary system isn't working. Mm. So the kidneys just atrophy. And oh, okay. The, um, yeah. Ureters atrophy, all that. And, and like, I didn't know this until that day, but amniotic fluid is baby urine, which sounds oh, super gross. But I like, don't think I realized yeah, that either. I know. I know. I Wait, didn't know so that they're just. Yeah, just so they peeing, just swallow and it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's just creating all the fluid. Oh. Yeah, so they swallow it and then they pass it and then swallow oh, It's like that cycle. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And so that's how it increases as the pregnancy continues oh. and the baby grows. And so wow. when they don't have that capability, mm. um, the growing environment stays really restricted. And then ultimately, it's the concern for the lungs that they can't grow appropriately to the appropriate size. So so what made them yeah. not, what made them not have the bladder to begin with? Do they not know that? That's what we that's what we don't know. Mm. And even you know after Charlie passed away, we decided with Evie we we didn't want to do an autopsy. I just thought that's too much. I don't want to yeah. handle it. And the doctors seemed hopeful, so we just skipped over that. And then after Charlie, we you know we we wanted to find out more, especially you know for our own kids yeah, and their futures, right? right. Yeah, you know to to consider what they might need to know. Um, and even still, they're you know, there's no conclusive genetic uh, diagnosis that they had. They had something called Potter sequence, which is just um, what a baby with little amniotic fluid like mm. looks like. It just describes what they they look like essentially, yeah. but it doesn't describe anything on a genetic level. Oh, interesting. So, yeah, we don't have that. Um, we don't have that. <laughs> so that's interesting. Yeah, and you know what's interesting too that is you mentioned Angie Smith. So she's a family yeah. friend of mine. Are you kidding me? Yeah, so her oh in-laws are um, my godparents. So, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I had no clue. She was like, I got to meet her. She was a couple of years ago. She came to yeah. our area, and I got to meet her. She signed my book, and mm. um, I, I don't even know if I, like, spoke English words to Aww. her. It was, like, blubbery, but she, like, her book just, it was the only thing I had when Evie was yeah. first diagnosed. Yeah. And I'm telling you, it was, it was life to me, truly. Yeah. Like, oh, my Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry just thinking about oh, it. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah, she is. She is really wonderful. Um, so um, we grew. My family grew up with her husband's family, Todd Smith, who's oh, part of Sela. Okay. And so, okay. Um, yeah, and uh, like her older sisters, I've actually had Sean is her. So that'd be Angie's sister in law to do the connection. Okay. But um, oh, on the show, she lost a son as well, didn't? No, so that's lost? Nicole. So Nicole's okay. part of Sela. Yeah, so she lost a son. Yes, and I mean, and they weren't that far. He was, I think, yeah, maybe I six months. That. Yeah, and I still remember that to this day. Um, so that's always heartbreaking. And um, yeah, he made me cry just thinking about it. So it's like oh. a lot, you know. Yeah, so a lot. Um, that's the thing too is I don't think I've ever cried on my podcast in this whole time. But um, you know, when you think about 
people losing their children. It's just heartbreaking. Ah. And like their, their family as a whole had already lost a child. And then it's like another daughter is losing another child. And it just, it, it was just a lot, which then made it really nervous for me because I realized that this stuff is real, you know, mm-hmm. before I even got pregnant. Cause I think a lot of times people think, Oh, it won't happen to me. It's such a small percentage. And then I'm thinking, uh, here's a family that have two women in it and that they've both lost children. So yeah, yeah. that makes it very real. And, um, I remember going to, um, I think it was macaroni grill and I was with Angie and um, she had gone to a doctor's appointment. This was before she had found out something was wrong, but they were concerned because she was carrying small, like it, okay. um, she just was, you know, that her stomach or whatever wasn't bigger or something like that. And I had been pregnant, so I didn't really know. And she's tiny and she had twins and all that kind of stuff. And she did have one after that. That wasn't a twin, a single, um, I said a singleton. And so, um, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know all my twins and all that, you know, um, verbiage, but, um, so I didn't know, like, cause she's just little to begin with. So I'm like, well, how big should she be? But, um, so I remember that whole journey and then it all starting and, and her starting to write at that point. And, um, what's really interesting is that, um, she would have such a hard time just speaking. Um, so her in-laws, um, have a ministry called Laban and it's in the Congo. And, um, she would have such a hard time talking in front of like, I don't even know how many people would be in there, but it's not huge where now she's like talking in front of mm-hmm. huge amounts of people. And so God is really working, um, in her life and, and it's been fun to watch her grow and stuff like that. But, um, so yeah, when you said that, I was like, oh my gosh, it's crazy how you're mentioning Angie, but, um, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And that's where it really like dawned on me about like the heart chambers and all the stuff like for the ultrasound, like as fun as it is to find out about the sex, it's like, uh, this is a big ultrasound and this is where a lot can be determined. And I just had somebody on, uh, for, um, congenital heart disease and because her son who is still alive, but that's where they realized that something was wrong in the chambers. Mm. So, you know, that ultrasound is a really big ultrasound um, for health, not just to find out if it's a boy or a girl, right? So, yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And so you just saying that it just made me think back to all of that. But um, so walk us through this. Okay. So you've had the first one. Did you know that she was not going to live forever we, i mean like you know yeah we did yeah mm-hmm. okay they, they told us that it was fatal mm-hmm. yeah. so they just don't know when they will pass away though once they're born like they right. can't give you any like gauge right right correct yeah okay so then when you get pregnant with um your son i mean you probably were having a heart attack the whole time with your daughter your your second daughter though right mm-hmm. i mean you must have just been holding your breath the whole time i would imagine um, yeah, just feeling like, please don't let this happen again. Did you feel that way with your second daughter? It's pregnancy. I, uh, I think I felt that way in the very beginning, like maybe very early finding out, you know, with the pregnancy test and all of that. And then honestly, the first trimester was over Christmas and we were so busy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That probably <laughs> so I honestly, I, it didn't, it didn't feel, I was honestly, and this, this feels embarrassing to say, and I write about this a little bit in my book, but I was more nervous that it would be a boy, not a girl, than it, that it would be healthy or unhealthy. You, felt, is it because you wanted another girl because you yes. lost her? Mm. Yes. I, I felt like, interesting. I felt so strongly like 
Lord, this would not feel redemptive unless this baby was a girl and I could buy pink things again. And, um, you know, I, the night before that ultrasound, instead of being anxious about health or, or not, you know, being healthy or not healthy, which this probably should have been my primary concern, but (sighs) I just had a conversation with the Lord. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do if it's a boy. And I felt like he asked me, you know, just quietly in my heart, would you really be unhappy if this was a boy? Mm. And I thought, no. I mean, right. absolutely like phrasing <laughs> yeah. it that way, no way would I be actually unhappy that this is a little, you know, baby in a blue blanket rather than a pink blanket. <laughs> yeah. So, but, yeah. um, but I could understand that. Like you're wanting yeah. to, you know, you bought all that pink stuff. You didn't get to use it in that sense that you want to have a girl. And so, um, I, I, that, that does make sense. I mean, I can see where both sides are, but, um, you know, just wanting, to have that girl, you know, and um, so then when you get pregnant, was his name Charlie? Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So are you now thinking, okay, we've had a pregnancy, um, a healthy pregnancy since um, your first daughter. Did you find yourself worried or no? Did you just find, think, okay, this can't happen again, right? Like, I mean, this should be, we should be good. Is that how you yeah. felt or how did you feel? That's exactly how I felt. I really thought that this was going to be fine. Although, you know, when I look back, I hesitated to buy a double stroller and I hesitated, you know, there were things that I was like, well, Mm. let's just get past this ultrasound. And I think in my mind, I was like, because I want to get the right color. You know what I mean? I want to be sure that I'm buying the right, you know, style or whatever. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder if the Lord was putting that break, I guess, on, on my heart a little bit, just because I wouldn't really need it. And that sounds, I don't know if that sounds good or bad, but sometimes I wonder if I was hesitant because the Lord was kind of saying, you know, just, just hold on. Yeah. Um, And I do remember that. Sorry, go go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Finish it. (laughs) That Mother's Day, which was, because his diagnosis was the 21st of May. So Mother's Day was really only a week before. before. Yeah. And I was like in the shower getting ready for church and I just started crying and I felt like, it just felt heavy for some mm. reason. That moment felt really heavy. Celebrating yeah. Mother's Day, you know, without one of my babies and then pregnant with one. And in the back of my mind, you know, I didn't know if things were going to be okay. And so again, I just wonder if um, the Lord was kind of preparing my heart a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, to yeah. look back and kind of see those little um, yeah, retrospects and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, okay, so then you find out he's very similar to your daughter and yeah. he's not going to live. How do you even manage getting through to 37 weeks? I mean, (laughs) how do you just not go, you know what? I'm done. Like, I'm done. I'm done. I don't even want to deal with this. I mean, knowing what it felt like before, and you don't know, like, if he's going to be here last time, which he was. I mean, Mm -hmm. so now you know what it feels like, right? And so what what did that look like for you? Like, how did you even make it through knowing like the heartache that you already felt for your daughter, knowing like this, you're like, I'm going to experience this again. I think that my phase of life when I was pregnant with Charlie was so different than when I was pregnant with Evie. And so in many ways, I'm really thankful that I had already gone through it when I was pregnant with him. Mm. because uh, when I was pregnant with Evie, I had, you know, a one and a half year old who napped two times a day. My husband was in school. So life felt really quiet. And I actually had a lot of time to dive into my Bible and 
really like search for answers and, and really talk to the Lord about what was going on and kind of lay those foundations for what it means to suffer well in light of the gospel and find hope, you know, in the cross of Christ. Um, so in, in many ways, I feel like maybe my grief and my faith journey at that time was like a little nest egg, you know, I was able to kind of tend to it and, and build on it and kind of learn what it was about. Um, through the context of scripture. Yeah. And then when Charlie, when I was uh, pregnant with him throughout that pregnancy, you know, even though it was the same, my my stage of life was so different. I had a four-year-old and a one-year-old. My husband was in a job transition. Mm. We were building a house across town. Wow. We were trying to sell our current house. There was so much happening um, that Honestly, I'm so thankful that the Lord had allowed me to already lay those foundations of how to mm, ground myself in truth, sure. because I don't know that I would have been able to take the time to do that at that particular time in my life. So, um, you know, there was a lot of just going back, like just so thankful that God's truth is the same yesterday, today, and forever, because that's what got me through is, okay, I remember feeling this way before, and that's the verse I used. Mm. I remember having this thought, and this was the truth that I counteracted it with. And so I uh, that's how I survived that second time. And, you know, I wouldn't use the word easier. I think that's an unfair word. Yeah. But I would use the word familiar. Yeah. You know, it was familiar ground, but I still had to walk every horrible step, and I still sure. had to go to the doctor's appointments and still had to anticipate this loss. But it was familiar ground. It was a familiar attack. So in that way, um, I, I felt a little bit more prepared, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even saying that it's not easier, it's more familiar, even that yeah. verbiage, right? Like that, I think, because it's like, you're trying to figure out what the right word is, right? It's like, you're yeah, thinking to yourself, yeah. it's not easier, but, no. um, but it's something, right? You're, you're kind of like, something. what is it though? <laughs> like, what is it if it's not easier. And so, um, how was it for you when you had him and he only lived 30 minutes? Like, how did you yeah. process that grief? Um, oh man, I think it just was all so fast for some reason from diagnosis. And like I just described, our phase of life was so, you know, busy. It just felt really busy. Mm. And in some ways it just felt like it was all so fast, you know? Yeah. And did I have time? Did I celebrate him? Did I grieve him? So in some ways, it's still a point of, um, I mean, it's always a point of sadness with both of them. But in some ways, that is like, even though I didn't really even get to know Evie, she's only here for four hours, but we really celebrated her. We got to bathe her and we got to dress her and we got lots of pictures. Aww, mm -hmm. And with him, it was like he was gone. And I wasn't even the one holding him when he passed away. You know, Aww. the family family was there and we were passing him around. And by the time he came back to me, he was gone. And wow. it just felt like, that's so fast. And so that's how I feel. That's how I feel about the whole thing. And I'm just, gosh, I'm getting choked up, but okay. just grateful for, yeah. grateful for heaven where I will get to know who he is and who he was meant to be. And so, so that's how I feel. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I wondered if this show was going to be um, challenging. <laughs> I was like, I'm I don't sorry. know if I'm going to be able to <laughs> handle this. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I, you don't need to be sorry. I mean, this is the thing. There's there's people who are going to listen to this that are either going through it or they've gone through it. And I yeah. want them to hear someone who's gone through it. 
so that they don't feel alone. I'll pass you a tissue. I'll pass you a tissue through the screen. I'm so sorry. <laughs> if um if they if they feel alone and stuff like that. So that's, you know, why I ask the questions because I don't know what people must be thinking. And I mean, even the fact that you said that he didn't die in your arms, I yeah. th- it's like, that s- seems like a process in itself to like, yeah, yeah. that he didn't get passed back to you soon enough. You know what I mean? There's just like yeah. so many things in my head and I'm not even the one walking through it. So <laughs> it's just, <laughs> I'm just thinking like, you know, I want to, um, help people out there that, you know, are going through this, are going to be going through this and, you know, to maybe to make it a little bit more familiar to them, even if they've never walked through it, like we said, it's not easier, but maybe to kind of know that these are some things that might happen and to, you know, kind of prepare yourself a little bit. Um, Speaking of people, um, you know, I think so many times people don't know what to say. And Mm -hmm. is there anything that, you would encourage other people to, I don't know, like what they can say um, to help the person that's grieving, you know, because I feel mm-hmm. there's so many things that people can say and it sounds so wrong, even though they're trying to not say things that are wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, like people be like, well, he's in a better place. Or mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's because people, I think really just don't know what to say. Um what have you found feels the best when someone says something to you that you've noticed, like, you know what, that actually feels good, where yeah. these things might not feel so good? Yeah. I think there are many, many things you can find online that tell you what not to say. Yeah. And sometimes that is, uh, sometimes that's like a hard box to, to yeah, put in because you're like, sure. oh my gosh, did what I say kind of sound like that? Right. So I think I've been thinking about this and... I come back to one word and that's the word validate. I think anything that you can say or do to help this grieving person feel like what they are going through is as horrible as they feel like it is. Yeah. Anything to communicate to them that the person that they lost is worth this level of, of grief and suffering. Mm. Um, that maybe that person meant something to you as well the person they lost. Mm-hmm. Anything to validate that person's grief, I think is exactly where to go. And that, I think that is specific enough and broad enough to be applied sure. across the board because we're talking about introverts and extroverts. We're talking yeah. about very good friends and neighbors that you just met. So I think using that word validate and the, applying it to your friendship with that grieving person thinking about how you can validate their pain in the context of, you know, the relationship that you have with them. I think that is the best way to go. Um, You know, saying something like, you know, he's in a better place or all things work for good. You know, those things might be true, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you're kind of dismissing, you know, you're dismissing, you're saying, well, you don't really need to feel that sad because he's actually okay. And that doesn't feel good. You know, that doesn't feel good. Or all things work out together Mm -hmm. for good. Like, yeah, but you know what? Right now I feel real bad. Right. So I can't even see past that. And so just that validation is is key. And it can be as simple as texting someone a heart emoji. Mm. um, Or it can be as involved as, you know, creating a meal train or, you know, taking care of their kids if they have other kids or you know, offering to do housework or something, anything to just communicate that what you're going through is actually a big deal. 
and your pain matters to me. Mm. Um, and you really did lose something worth grieving sure. for, I think yeah. is uh, a really, a really safe way to approach, uh, you know, a grieving person to, to help that grieving person. I love that. Yeah. I think that will help people. And that was one of my, um, close to the last questions I was going to ask you is what did you find, um, that people did for you that really meant the most mm-hmm. and really helped you through this? Um, like you, you just mentioned, um, a meal train and, um, what, what else, what do you feel like if you could tell people like whisper in all the friends ears of yeah, people that yeah. are going through something, what is like a few things that you would whisper to all of us to be like, this is what you need to do because this is what really is going to help. Well, for me personally, anytime someone brought a meal, it was just huge. Like mm. my mind wasn't on food cooking. It yeah. just, I mean, it wasn't. And I, <laughs> yeah. and I couldn't always, I didn't always feel like eating, but just knowing sure. that the other people in my family were taking well, care they need of, to it eat. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just a load off of my shoulders. So that was, I mean, practically speaking, that was probably my very favorite, but mm. I'll just use the example, two of my yeah. favorite things looking back, just two friends that, uh, it just meant so much. Um, my friend Molly, this was after, uh, Charlie was diagnosed. So this, you know, it was happening to us a second time and she came over my house. Um, she texted and said, you know, can I bring you coffee? What coffee? So I told her what I wanted. She came to my house and when I opened the door, she had it in her hand and tears were in her eyes. And she hugged me and said, I didn't want it to be you. And I mean, thinking about it right now still makes me tear up because she validated what I was feeling. I didn't want it to be me. You know, I didn't want to do this again. Yeah. And so just her saying mm. that is just was life. It was wow. life. Yeah. Um, and then my friend Darla, this is after Evie passed away. It was probably, I think it was around when she would have turned two months old. And my mm. friend Darla came over and looked at my entire baby photo album that I had of Evie. And she looked through each picture and talked about it. And we talked about oh. the birth story and just everything mm. that you would do if your child was still alive. alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She did that for me. Um, and there's a a woman named Adrielle Booker. She has a book called mice or, uh, what's it called? (laughs) Grace like Scarlet. There we Mm. go. Um, and she has had several miscarriages and, you know, often talks about this subject. And so she said, people ask her all the time, what do I do for my friend? And she said, treat this woman like, a new mom and also like someone who just lost somebody because both exist and within yeah, that same person. That's true. So anything that you can do to celebrate the life of the baby and also mm. help her recognize or excuse me, help her grieve the loss of that baby is, 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 is the perfect place to be. So, you know, it still means a lot. It still meant a lot to get yeah. gift with my baby's name on them or just like a little trinket that, you know, made someone think of them. Um, And it also meant a lot to get the sympathy cards and Mm. to have that sort of acknowledgement. So, you know, I know that dynamic doesn't work for every type of loss. You know, you're not always grieving, uh, celebrating life and grieving loss. But in that particular case, I think that is really special when somebody can do that. That makes sense. Well, Sarah, we're almost at the end of the show. What would you like the listeners to be aware of when it comes to infant loss? Hmm. Um, there's no certain month for it, right? October is pregnancy okay. and infant loss awareness month. Uh huh. And mm. I think specifically the 15th is, is the day. Oh, oh my gosh. I think, I think just be aware of how much it really does hurt 
um, you know, like you said, when people have a miscarriage, sometimes they want to talk about it and sometimes they don't. And it's hard to know. Right. I think, I think women, as soon as they see a pregnancy test, most of us start to celebrate already. And we start to celebrate the life that we are anticipating with mm-hmm. that baby. Yep. And so when that goes away yeah. at any point in a pregnancy, right. it hurts. Mm-hmm. You know, it hurts. And, you know, I'm not going to say that, I don't know, I don't believe that we should compare our grief. Right. Um, I think it all is loss and it all hurts. So I think for the world to know that, you know, that when we lose a pregnancy or lose, you know, a full-term infant, we are losing something. And it really does hurt and it affects our life because we we didn't just lose uh, a baby, but we lost a future. You know, we lost yeah. hopes mm-hmm. and dreams for right. that little life. Yeah. And that's where I think a lot of the pain really lies is in is in that depth of loss. Yeah. I can see that for sure. Um, yeah. So your book, um, let's, what, what's the title again for everyone to know? It's called Even Broken Can Be Beautiful, A Story of Life, Loss, and the Hope of Heaven. Okay. And is it going to be um, in places like Am- Amazon that um, people can buy it? I know that it will be on Amazon. It's not quite available yet um, at this time when we're recording, but right. soon, very soon. Okay. And I will make sure to put that in the show notes and I'll put the sure. link so that people can buy it. So everybody can find Sarah's stuff on the show notes. Um, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I mean, it was a hard one, but it was really <laughs> good. It was really good to just have this hard discussion, you know, and I think it were really open people's eyes and to just kind of have a better understanding of, you know, what, what life is like when you're losing a baby. And if it, if, if this is like someone helping somebody who's going through the process or someone knows someone, which I just feel like is so easy for that Mm -hmm. to happen. Um, I, I just, I feel like it was good to have your journey and your wisdom to share with everyone. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests' information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.